I want to suggest to you this evening that Jesus was first and foremost a wisdom teacher. Jesus was concerned that we be awake and that we hear what God has to say to us and that we be aware that God is already with us. He wasn't a conventional wisdom teacher in the line of those who might teach that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, but rather a wisdom teacher who taught that God is in all things and all things are in God. He was concerned as a teacher in helping people to have a change of heart and a change of mind, that they might be transformed in a way that would see an openness and a recognition that their life is in God and that God is in all of life. In the great wisdom tradition, there are three things that are traditionally taught, and Jesus falls in line with these teachings. The one, one is that, first, all things come from the same source, that everything comes from one divine reality, that all things are of God. The second is that because all things are of God, we have our origin in that same source. Or in other words, we are created in God's image. And thirdly, because of those two things being true, we need to find the fullness of our life in relationship to that divine reality or relationship to God. That we are to seek divine union in our lifetime, that we are somehow to live our lives in connection with the very source of it. Now, this is something that we very easily forget from time to time, that all things are in God and that we are in God and that that life is to be found in relationship to God. And you hear that mentioned in the reading from Jeremiah that Mary Lou read earlier, when we hear things like, my people are foolish and they don't know me. They are stupid children and they have no understanding. You see, the problem is that we fall asleep. That we are not awake to the reality of God's presence with us in all times and in all places. And that more often we operate from a very basic level of thinking and understanding that we are very egocentric and that we experience life in relationship to everything around us in a way that that, uh, affirms that things are separated, that we have a dualistic mindset, that we're always contrasting and comparing everything, that we're always looking out for ourselves, and that we're concerned that if I don't get what I need, then the world is going to fall apart. So that I'm always calculating and I'm always trying to make sure that life is all right, at least in my circle. And Jesus could hold that. Jesus could transcend that and hold that. But he taught on the level that was up here that said life in life, all things belong and everything has its place. And there is a non-dual way of looking at the world. 
so that my life is not found separate from your life, but in connection to your life. That we are meant to see ourselves in God and of God in all of one connected community. And that just doesn't go just for human beings, but it goes for all of God's creation. God saw all of it and said, it is good, right? That somehow we must live our lives in relationship with everything else. Now, this is a very different way of living, a very different way of living, but it's the invitation that Jesus gives us. And he confronts these two ways of thinking right here in our passage today. We hear that the tax collectors and sinners are listening to Jesus and they're concerned because Jesus has welcomed the, the, excuse me, that the Pharisees and scribes are grumbling because Jesus is welcoming the tax collectors and sinners. They suddenly recognize that the people they think are on the outside are in the inside and that Jesus cares for them. They're concerned because maybe they don't belong in the same way. So they're grumbling about this and they're coming to Jesus and they're wanting to hear an explanation. And so he begins to give them one by doing what all wisdom teachers do. He tells a story. He doesn't answer their question directly, but he helps them to begin to think up here rather than down here about their basic needs and whether they're in or out. Remember, the scribes and the Pharisees were caught in a religion of morality and a religion of institution. Those were the things that they were attached to. Am I following the rules? And is Jesus following the rules? Is the institution going to survive this new teacher who's come into the world? And Jesus doesn't fall in either of those categories. Jesus is presenting a religion of another kind. One that's concerned first and foremost with relationship. And with this connection, this divine union with the source of everything that is. Jesus is coming from that place where everything belongs. And everything has its place. And so he's concerned about religion in its, in its traditional and most purest form, which is that it makes sense out of life and it brings things together. It re-ligaments the world. It's not about the institution. It's not about right or wrong behaviors. It's about righteousness or right relationship with the source of everything before you. So rather than say all that to the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus tells them the story, right? So he said to them, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Well, conventional wisdom would say none of us would do that, right? None of us would leave 99 in harm's way to go get the one that's wandered off into the wilderness. No shepherd worth his weight would do that. But Jesus is saying up here that God is no ordinary shepherd. 
right? God looks for that one that is lost. That one that's been separated. That one that has attached itself to the wrong things. Like morality or serving the institution. But has lost connection with the real source of life itself. And that sense of its place in relationship to God. So we hear this story. And Jesus is saying, well, I'm a shepherd. God's a shepherd that would go seeking that one sheep to find it and to bring it back. And then he tells the story of the woman who does the same thing, who leaves the nine coins and sweeps the house looking for the one that got away, the one that was lost. Jesus is saying that God seeks us out and that God includes all of us. We tend to draw a circle around ourselves and decide who is in and who is out because we're thinking dualistically. Do those people look like me? Do they act like me? Do they come from the same place as I come from? Do they think like me? If not, they're they're not a part of my circle. But the interesting thing is every time we draw a circle like that, we're on the inside. How does that happen? But Jesus is saying that shepherd and the woman in the story don't stay in that circle. They go out looking for the one who is lost, who's been disconnected, who is no longer at home or is no longer where he or she needs to be. Jesus invites us to think like that. To be like the one who goes looking for the one who is lost, to bring them back and to welcome them home. Now, we don't know in our story whether the scribes and the Pharisees got it, whether that story was enough for them to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm thinking too small. The God of my understanding is not as large as the God of that understanding of a shepherd who would leave the 99 to go find the one. We don't know if they understood what Jesus was saying. But Jesus wasn't necessarily talking to them. He was talking to us. And he's saying, do you get it? Do you understand that you come from the source of love itself? Do you understand that your life is found in relationship to that source? And that you are created in the very image of love? And that the reason we're here is to find the fullness of life in that relationship and to seek that union that our hearts and our minds might be transformed, that we might put on the mind of Christ, as the Apostle Paul said. And that's not a thing that happens between our ears. That happens in our heart, in the mind of our heart, that we become changed, that we become loving, that we become like the woman in this parable, like the shepherd in this parable. And we go out and risk our lives to seek the one 
who is lost. May God's understanding be added to the hearing of these words. Amen.